welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast. I'm Avenger Dave. I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. Today we're talking about episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled New World Order. Written by Malcolm Spellman and directed by Carrie Scoglin. Well done, Carrie. So, what do you guys think? An initial reaction, Sean? I really liked it. I was watching it again, so I could try to get everything I, I had missed. Because we did pause it, actually, a couple times during the show. Because I'm like, wait a second, hold on. And my husband and I had to talk out what was happening. <laughs> so, the fact that that actually happened watching the show, I feel like that's a good sign. Because it's like, you don't just zone out watching. It's making you like think about things and already start putting together. And I don't know if that's because we're already in the second Marvel show on Disney Plus because the first one really messed all of us up, I think. <laughs> so I, I think that that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, wait, we got to watch this. Take notes. Pay attention. Wasn't so, the show originally supposed to precede yes, WandaVision? I, yeah. It was. Huh. was it? Yes. Yeah. I did not realize that. I so guess I wonder just... what else might be messed up in there then. Yeah. I guess Marvel's experiencing their own post-blip or COVID-affected scheduling. Uh, yeah, that I don't doubt. Steve, uh, what do you think? Well, it kind of gave us a little bit of everything. I mean, we get a bunch of Captain America talk. We get to see the shield. We get to see Falcon in action and even some Winter Soldier in action, mm -hmm. be it a flashback. But And then we get to have the realization that this is a different world than we're used to. So I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're we're mostly everything is in our world except our world really doesn't have all these superheroes. Right. But <laughs> just put that template down over reality. It, it really does fit well. I mean, yes. we're going through a, a COVID world and they're going through a post-blip world. So yeah, the parallels are pretty close. I have to say I like the fact that they did not like sweep that under the rug about the blip like they've mentioned it and more than once yeah because sometimes i start to wonder it's like oh are they going to actually mention the incident or you know like some of the tv shows we're talking about yeah what the new york incident or like they wouldn't say what it is but this one actually said post blip world and blah, blah. Mm. so i'm liking that they're not ignoring that and they really are using this to help tie things I don't know how far they're going to tie it together, but we're getting pieces at least. Well, they're going to have to be economical with it because it's only six episodes and now there's only five left. So they're going to have to figure a way to, there's a lot of story to tell. I really like it too. I like how Marvel does, it does it so well with their humanizing of their heroes their grief, depression, guilt, race relations and everything else is definitely on target. I know we're not doing ratings, but I was thinking if I, if we did do a rating, I would give it four out of five Avengers shrimp boats. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. That I, yes. we'll get into the details, but there was like action and pathos. Yeah, and we didn't even have to wait for the action to start. No, I do have to say too before we jump in, all the memes that have come out of this already. Oh, really? I, I love. Well, we had the one that it showed Sam, Bucky, and Wanda all standing together from the last movie. It's like the we need therapy crew, but we got shows mm. instead. <laughs> 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 and uh, most recently, that very last scene, which we'll, of course, get to when we get to it, that moment that I think a lot of people were pissed about. <laughs> I am one of those people, I will tell you that. They're like, on screen for like 0.6 seconds, everybody hates this person. But Loki, on screen for hours, did horrible things. Everyone loves him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah. 
yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to get some um, fun memes out of this whole thing, if yeah. nothing else. But I already think everyone's going to get a little bit of what they want because first episode I thought was pretty juicy already. No doubt about Let's it. Let's jump into our really, really tiny short recap, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure will expand as we go. But Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes realize that their futures are anything but normal. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think we figured that out a while ago. Right. With this crew, but yeah, I mean, it's good. Can I say one more thing before we go on? Sure. What was with some of the weird camera angles? Like, did they literally have to have it in his face like that here and there? I don't need to see somebody's pores. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you better talk to Carrie about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, back back that camera up just a little bit. I don't need to know if there's a blackhead. But <laughs> yeah, I guess spinach on your teeth. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, we Sorry. open the series on a quiet note. As birds chirp in the background, Sam Wilson is suiting up, but in a different way than expected. He's dressed in a black tie, opting to put the shield Steve Rogers gave to him in a, at the end of any game in a bag then we cut to a military airplane you go what the hell where he's mm-hmm. being briefed on his mission save a captain from the criminal organization laf yeah, you were thinking he was laugh. about to go to a funeral when that's what i was thinking like we were going further back from right to like the last Steve's movie funeral and yeah all of a sudden we're in the air and it's like huh yeah i think <laughs> that threw we a don't few people off dead. right we don't know if steve's dead at this point he's just yeah, retired we, yeah he's dead so Burst my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, in the comics, nobody's ever dead. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people had probably some people couldn't decide if that was a flash forward or a flash back, right. especially in terms of the packing the the shield away. But if you look at it time wise, I guess he packed it up. He's going to Smithsonian, and but he when he left Torres, he says well, he has to go to Washington. So the Washington scene, which came first, was actually second, and the action in I guess Tunisia preceded it. Right. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Now I have. Okay. Already pulling out the tinfoil hat because this is something that's been making me crazy since the movie. And we get the repeat of the line when he says, you know, how does it feel? Talking about holding the shield. And he's like, feels like somebody else's. And he's like, but it's not. So what I've wanted to know since the movie, is this actually not Captain America's shield? Is this a shield from one of the other timelines that actually belonged to Falcon? Uh, I think it's Captain America's shield. That would be too confusing for everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) The Russo brothers said that he created another timeline when Captain America stayed in the past. I'm like, oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. (laughs) Because it should be the same timeline. He just didn't stay in it himself. He fixed everything and then grew old. Don't tell me it's a new timeline. I, I actually disagree with that. I saw it. I'm like, no, no. no I, don't, I don't care if you wrote and directed the movie. No. It's like, I, no, I veto that. Sorry. Yeah. Personal veto. Anyway, that opening, well, not the opening sequence, the second sequence with the helicopter rescue of Colonel Vassant was pretty amazing. That's very cinematic. He, uh, Sam flies into action, attempting to take back a hijacked plane from returning villain Georges Batrock. Good to see him again. And when Sam lands on the plane, he 
peeks through the window because who doesn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy who's piloting the plane is like freaks out. And he's like, did you see that? See what? <laughs> I was cracking up because of like, yeah. I would probably like crap my pants. Yes. <laughs> if I see somebody looking inside the plane as I'm flying it. So, and, and so many stories of pilots that see things when they're up there. And everyone's well, you like, know, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then when we have the bad guy say, I'm going to kill you. And then with what happens, I'm like, oh, foreshadowing. Sam squares off one on one with a, a leaping pirate, which is Bat Rock, who's in the. Uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yep. So they brought him back. He escaped. I didn't from recognize rock. him at first. Yeah, I know. Jason did. He's like, oh, that's that guy. I'm like, what? Even <laughs> it's amazing that? the stuff they bring back sometimes. Like people have to clear their schedules and sign contracts and get paid money. I mean, Marvel always seems to put it together. It's not impressive. To, not it is impressive. Not to diss DC, but you know they had to throw makeup over somebody's mustache, <laughs> and everybody knew it. So that's a great fight sequence. Not only was uh, Sam pursuit of uh the airplane amazing but with his pursuit of the uh i call them the flying squirrels i yes. think there was a real guy <laughs> called himself the flying squirrel at one time and they just like fly through the air and, and him going in and out of the helicopters and talking to uh tours on there he goes well you better come up with a solution that i have and he just flies through it and grabs the guy <laughs> Okay, now, I was like, do you think the stuntmen really were able to do stuff like that? Like, go into the, I mean, obviously not at the same rate of speed or whatever, but like how they kind of went in. I don't know. And Jason's like, there's no way. And I'm like, I don't know. It looks so real. Well, shoot you even before he did that. The green screen and just that. Wires. Wires and just the body of the chopper. I mean, that that wouldn't be too big of a deal to do something like that. It looks so good. Yeah, I mean, I know there's like some people that do all that, like jumping like that, because they did for one of the Iron Men when they were coming out of Air Force One. I don't remember which one that is. Two? Three? (laughs) But those were stunt, like, I I don't know what they call them, people who jump out of planes. Like, (laughs) crazies. But there are some people that did, did that whole thing. And like, I thought there was some that did that with those like gliding suits. Cause I swear it, if they did it all green screen, I had no clue. Oh, and I thought good. it was amazing. That looked real good. Yeah, there was one point where one of the uh, team squirrel, I, it might have been back rock. He, he just glides. He comes down the helicopter and glides right in. Like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't survive it, but I'd want to do it. <laughs> Now, did we see the Disney influence in this opening fight sequence where we get a canyon? Oh, sure. Oh, you, oh what do you call it? Trench run. Yeah. Trench run. Exactly. Another trench run. Everywhere. You can't get it away from everywhere. it. Everyone does the trench run now. Squirrels had the advantage because they didn't have a large wingspan. Yeah. A few times, Sam scraped up against the rocks in there. He's like, ah. And I have to say, when he first opens up the wings, like in the plane, and he gets shot at, and it like comes together, it looked like the original Captain America shield. And I was like, oh, I love that. And I don't know if it was supposed to be that way, or if it just kind of happy accident. They're like, okay, how would the wings kind of fold? But yeah. then again, is anything a happy accident with Marvel? No. 
I heard somebody say that he used his shield in a way. It was just his wings. He used his wings as his shield. Is it a metaphor? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a successful mission. Uh, Sam doesn't. I don't know what's the big deal about crossing into the Libyan border. That's not a nation state. It's like right now it's, it's a collection of tribal factions, warring factions, warlords, and a so-called that. So I don't know why in this world, post-blip world, they care about crossing the Libyan border. What are they going to do about it? Not much in these in this day and age. Anyway, that's just me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in some reality. In. Yeah, re- reality. <laughs> Sam gets debriefed in Tunisia. He meets up with his buddy on the ground, Torres, who's got a place in Marvel Universe. And uh, I thought, I was going to bring this. I, I think he's in every episode. I'm not sure. I know Wyatt Russell's John Walker is going to be. And I also looked at, what was it? Oh, Alea. She's going to be in every episode, too. Right. But uh, you when you said he has a place, like, oh, really? What is he? Who is he? Do I have to look him up now? Yeah, Torres. Because in the comics, he becomes Falcon eventually. And, really? Yeah. And spoiler. When, yeah, I know. Spoiler. <laughs> no, it was already done in the comics. When Sam eventually becomes Captain America, right. Joaquin Torres becomes Falcon. As he seems in this show a long way from that. Right? <laughs> Being able to do a that. Long yeah. way. <laughs> I thought he was a bad guy at first, like an undercover guy. Yeah, he seemed too sweet for me to be a bad guy. I don't trust anybody anymore. You know what was cool? When they're sitting there and he's working on uh, Red Wing. That's yep. the name of it, right? Red Wing. Okay. Yeah, Red And Taurus is like a fanboy and everything. I mean, he knows his stuff, but he's still a fanboy. We found that uh, Sam's working for the Air Force, and, but people recognize him. I mean, yeah. even in Tunisia, like, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and he's, of course, he, he greets the guy. I guess he thought, I mean, because Sam died in the pre-blip, too. You know, he faded into dust. Yep. And that guy's thanking him for bringing his wife back, which I'm assuming as the Avengers brought everyone back, and that's what he's referring to, he brought his wife back. I would have to say yes. Yeah. And the guy didn't know which Avenger actually made it happen, so any Avenger is going to get credit for it through this guy's eyes. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, Torres uh, wraps things up by warning about a new group of terrorists called Flag Smashers. Who are seeking to make a world without borders? I I love Sam's reaction to this. All the bad guys got bad names now too. <laughs> that, that, what was with that name? I mean, uh, flag what flag smashers? Yeah, I don't I know, know. That's clumsy. That's really clumsy. He's <laughs> Sam's right. Bad guys have bad names now. That is bad flag smashers. But it was in the comics, so there you go. <laughs> was actually this like an old old like I would say timeline, but like set of comics that they pulled it from. Yeah, I, I think it was in the nineties. They pulled it from the. 90s comics. I get a lot of inspiration through that. Actually, I don't know if there were Flag Smashers, plural, but there was a Flag Smasher. He was a bad guy. And I think I might have had some of this it's not clear to me. Super soldier serum. And that's why he's so strong. There was a lot of guys that get experimented with super soldier serum. Yeah. And that's what the, the most successful case we know of is is Steve Rogers, Captain America. Oh, I wonder if that's along the lines. I was looking stuff up. Some guy called Power Broker. And I'm like, yeah. seriously? Uh, that he helped make people stronger. Not quite super soldiers, but definitely increased strength and everything. Interesting. Or he just day traded really well. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be either one. But anyway, let's talk about what Dave alluded to earlier about Sam heading to Washington to give a speech at the Smithsonian, which I still really, 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 really want to go to. Oh, you got to go. Pandemic yeah. over already. And in the audience, as he's talking, you see Rhodey. And when he's talking about Steve, like the heroic pose and what he did 
And when he finally says, we need new heroes, one suited for the times we're in, and you see Rhodey kind of look down, I'm like, okay, Sam's kind of mourning Steve, and mm-hmm. Rhodey is mourning Tony. It's like, all right, but do you think Rhodey's really thinking about, okay, I am now the guy in the suit, just kind of like Sam is? It strikes me that Rhodey's more grounded than Sam. I think he's accepted his fate or what he's supposed to do. Of course, Sam is so unsure, he just can't get over it or become to terms with it. But I think Rhodey's come comes to terms with his responsibilities. When he looked at Sam up there saying, we need new heroes, and when it's not, basically it's not me, I was, I thought Rhodey was like, ah, he's not ready, or he doesn't think he's ready. Mm-hmm. So I, I see Rhodey as more grounded than Sam. Sam's still, I don't know, a mess. <laughs> Tells you he needed therapy with the rest of the group. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when he hands over the shield, even though they're putting it in the case, I'm like, uh, no, don't take it. Right, because you know he's he- not getting it back anytime soon. Right. <sighs> I was I was mad that the whole thing was a setup. Right. You know, oh, thanks so much so for doing mad. this. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. That that plays later is like, oh you oh you oh yeah. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> thanks for sucker. Only, the only thing you didn't add at the end of it was thanks so much for doing this, sucker. Right. Oh, uh, that was so bad. I'm guessing that the guy had no problem with it because Sam says this shield is a symbol and it was Steve. It's not me. And it's just like, oh God, this just hurts watching it be put back there. Not realizing that by the end of this episode, all the betrayal is kind of happening. And I can't even say it's true betrayal, but I hated the fact that it happened. Yeah, I saw this betrayal. Oh yeah, because it happened so soon. I mean, had this yeah, happened just in me. episode three, then then yeah, maybe not. But because yeah, it happened but- in episode one, yeah, they were just slapping Sam saying, no, you aren't going to be Captain America. Yeah, that was cruel. That was cruel. We get to see Rhodey and Sam walking through the cap exhibit, though, and talking about the decision that, oh, God, it's so hard to like talk about this because it was like very depressing. Like, yeah. I was getting a little teary watching it because you've seen all this stuff and it's like, all right, taking you back to the movies and you know the timeline. And when the camera just lingers on all the things that we've seen from the past, including the Bucky Barnes section mm. and the list of the vanished, it's like, oh, you're just twisting the knife. I mean, we we know it's not real, and we know that the vanished have all come back. But it doesn't matter. You're twisting the knife and killing me. Right. I finally managed to watch the whole like final movie, the whole end game, a second time <laughs> since it's been. Seriously, I have not did not sit and watch it since it was in theaters. But anyway, sorry, Rody. Rody arguing about the world is broken and society needs somebody to fix it, and he's looking at him like you know that means us, right? But yeah. Sam just kind of looks at him and. It's looking back at the shield and the reflection just on the shield it's like oh come on he wanted you to do it yep yeah <laughs> afraid so yes and again twist the knife twist the knife oh it was really kind of emotional and it didn't even seem like it should have been and Brody turns to you're gonna make me ask you aren't you yeah is <laughs> this sam's not giving up anything you have to make him <laughs> talk to you like why not why didn't you pick it up oh not ready whatever <laughs> i i i don't i have to have a confessional right now i've always been on team bucky I always like I if if someone's gonna pick up the mantle of Batman, it should be Dick Grayson, right? You know, and if someone's gonna pick up the mantle of Captain America, it should be Bucky. But you know, they're going with the the history of Winter Soldier and everything else, so he's got he's got to get over that. And I think Steve knew that Bucky wasn't ready, and as right. we see in this episode, he he wasn't ready for sure. No, 
Because <laughs> we cut to a fancy hotel whose peace gets interrupted by an appearance from the Winter Soldier, busting through walls like a murderous Kool-Aid <laughs> man. <laughs> okay, when that happened, was anybody else like, wait, what's happening? Because no, I as did. soon I as you saw the, like, ah! the COVID mask on him, you knew it was... <laughs> <laughs> what was going on yeah and he dispatches one of his targets with the cool hell hydra including an innocent civilian which was rather sad boy that guy just started shaking so bad he couldn't get his key in the door now who still uses keys yeah i know hotels? i mean get your ass in there man <laughs> <laughs> and that was like an old skeleton key yeah which i thought was really cool but i'm like wait when is this happening because seriously i was like thinking something well, happened that, and he regressed it could have been many years ago i mean bucky's not a spry chicken <laughs> yeah. so yeah that might have actually been in the 50s or 60s but they were didn't seem to be dressed that way the no. hotel kind of right. looked like it was but yeah i'm a bit perplexed of where that falls in the timeline because he was obviously taking or executing hits for whom hydra or the russians he killed a russian right the winter soldier was created by the russians when they experimented on their own super soldier serum so why is he killing one of their own people it's is definitely in a period where he's winter soldier yeah but where, where? i don't know. yeah yeah <laughs> that- he killed the guy's son, time. I know, leaping ahead here, so it can't be that far back, because right. his father's still alive. Yeah. It seems a pretty, uh, oh well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's no reason, I mean, there's no surprise that uh, Bucky's undergoing counseling. He sits down with Dr. Rayner and starts lying about his flashbacks, and I love seeing Amy Aquino. She's uh, Grace Billets on Bosch. She's terrific, I love her. It turns out that uh, Bucky's in therapy, and it's been mandated on part of his pardon from the government, and I like the uh, the forest of the trees behind him, the wall artwork. I don't know what it meant to you. It, 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 it struck me that he was like a golf ball in a tall grass. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no one could see him. Yes. Yeah. Or he couldn't. Yeah, for sure. She managed to squeeze out of him that he has crossed off names of his lists of amends. And we see him just do that, do that after he goes after a manipulative center who Hydra had helped get into power. And they, they managed to elucidate what are uh, Bucky's three rules that he's supposed to work on or stick to. Don't do anything illegal. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> and to formally declare that he's no longer a winter soldier and make amends. <laughs> I like how they, they fenced with each other. Yes. And he's like, if uh, number two is so important, how come isn't number one? <laughs> <laughs> and I love but how the- he has to smile, too, at the very end, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate her role as the therapist. And I know she's ready. She's ready for it's called resistance and symbolically to them or at least in this show the notebook comes out because she knows she knows when he lies and she knows when he's resisting you know right. he may be clever he's funny and clever about that but you know that's not going to walk <laughs> she's definitely got his number yeah yeah so as we learned from that flashback too he couldn't stick the two of them at least but mo- follow the most important one in the end rainer urges bucky that he needs to open up one day and realize he can't he can trust others as evidenced by him knowing or in communicating with Sam. That was kind of interesting. I wonder why Sam is trying to get in contact with him. Right. Maybe just uh-huh. trying to see. Being a buddy. Okay, because they were the two people who yeah, talked, standing I'm there assuming, with... talked to him at the end. Yeah, and I guess so. Yeah, all the theories that Bucky knew what Steve was going to do because of the comments be- between them originally and that yeah. Sam didn't know and maybe that's why Bucky doesn't want to talk to him and admit it. Yeah. 
Well, she reminds him that he's all alone. A hundred-year-old man <laughs> who only had a brief respite in Wakanda between uh, a life full of battles. He says he wants peace, which uh, the good doctor immediately denies, and she encourages him to seek out allies to escape the personal hell of being isolated like that. He's free, but the question is, to do what? He, I don't think he knows. No. And I have to love the way he's going back and forth first. Like, you are a terrible therapist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He tried that. I, I, she was ready for everything now being passive aggressive much and I, oh whole, yeah that was oh, funny great the pen yeah. again yeah <laughs> i just thought that was really funny like i said with, except with the like super close-up it's like ah extreme close-up <laughs> but i love how they go from there to okay let's kind of bring it around to bucky going back home it's like his life is separate but is it because all of a sudden there's kind of a fight but it's like an old man like ready to take on some young kid about throwing garbage in his can yeah i really thought that he was gonna have to like fight an old man (laughs) (laughs) like come on i'll buy you lunch and i'm thinking all right this guy's probably the closest to his age and he just happens to know him for whatever you know same apartment building whatever and i love it because they go to eat at this place called yori and I'm like, oh, this is nice, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The guy is Yuri. Where did they He's go Yuri. eat? Was it? Yeah. Uh, I forget the I name. catch the name. Because they go there like constantly. Yeah, they're regulars. Yeah, I'm sorry. The guy's name is Yuri. And it turns out, and this took a minute because I didn't get it until the, was it the red bean mochi? Mochi? I don't know how to say that word. When he says that his son loved it, I'm like, oh my God, that's the dad. Yep. Dad yeah. of the guy he killed. Yeah. Holy crap. Did he actually try to make amends and then got sucked into being this guy's friend? Yeah. Not like Dr. sucked in. Dr. Rayner was trying to figure out if he's had any nightmares. And when we saw that scene, like was that a flashback or a nightmare and now we know for sure it's a flashback it was rough watching that because the way it transitioned like oh they're just talking and he's not so flirty i guess with the girl at the restaurant and yori's (laughs) like yeah he wants to take you out okay (laughs) um i'm older than you yori is what i was kind of expecting (laughs) but apparently nobody knows who he is how does nobody know his face yeah, we wore that mask and the long hair. I, I saw people discussing on the internet that they prefer the long hair. I, I don't. No. They're kind of ragged. Yeah, yeah. He definitely looks like a wild man with the long hair. Yeah, definitely. It's like the whole Clark Kent. Like, you don't know it's him if he's wearing glasses. You know, yeah. he's got short hair and nobody <laughs> yeah. recognizes him. But we do see Bucky trying to make amends because when his date ends up talking about Yori's son... Yeah, all of a sudden just walks out on the date. I'm like, damn, could have said something, not like... Well, he said, I'll be back, and never went back. And it's like, she's not going to be real happy with you. (laughs) Right. Because then you see the name in the book, and it's just like, oh, God, okay. And then instead of getting anything else here, we go over to Sam on a dock in New Orleans. And apparently his sister and nephews, who he mentions and mentions about them post-split, all of a sudden being young men. Yeah, little men. Yeah, little guys, little dudes. Um, They're talking about selling their parents' boat. And Sam's like, no, we can't do that. It was where we lived. It's where we grew up. And she's like, listen, you made a deal with me. Let's stick to it. And we're not doing this. And Sam, of course, is not letting that go. Because mm. he needs to save his sister. Because he needs to save everybody. That's the mindset I think he's in right now. Like, I I can't save the world. I am not letting you take away my grip of the world that I had. Yeah, he doesn't realize he needs to save himself first. Right. So we 
we see both these men in a headspace that is probably not conducive to being their best. No. No. Right. Yeah. Will we, what will be the catalyst that will bring that, not only them together, but bring out the best of them together? Who knows? Well, we cut to Switzerland. Oh, boy, we're just jumping all over the world. Are we cutting to Switzerland? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we see Torres at a gathering of flag smashers, I guess. It was very difficult yeah, to tell flash exactly mob. what was going on there. You know, they- It was a flash mob to create yes. chaos. Yes, absolutely. It, some people on the internet didn't realize what Torres was doing. Remember that? What was it? Pikachu? A Pokemon game? Used yeah. to play on your phone? And we're like, wow. I heard some people on the internet like, what is this tech where you can see things on your phone? Like, are you kidding me? It's like Pokemon. That's Pokemon. I never played it. I never played it. <laughs> but I know what it is. Right. And all I have to do is look around and point your uh, phone someplace until you get a hit. Right. And From what I what they were getting. They were I getting the red hand on their phones. Right. Yeah. So if this guy has that kind of power, I don't know why he needs a flash mob, but whatever. Well, uh, it keeps anybody from at least getting a good description of it. Yeah, well, everyone's wearing somewhat the, the, the same, same mask. mask. But at yeah. least he was a good head taller than almost everybody else. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, so <laughs> with a lot of people there, it makes it, even though he is a head taller, he can still get through there without really being easily identified by I'm, his son. He is, like, way stronger than the rest of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, he did a like Sam says. Later, uh, you're lucky that's all you got. You know, you got his face smashed. <laughs> I don't know how it wasn't worse. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Okay, so the guy's strong, and then he hands off to the backs to two other people. I guess one of those people we're gonna see in the future. Oh, more than likely. I believe there's, I yes. there's this is a, a woman that took on the mantle of Flag Smasher, or at least followed that legacy too. I'm not trying to be a, a spoiler alert person here, but I think I, I think one of the women, I mean one of the people that he handed the bags off, like why would you hand your bags off to you know just run? But he right. did, and I think I think one of those two people is going to play a major role a little later. We'll find out. Anyway, we go to the bank scene, which really, oh God, I can feel my hair on fire. Yes. Watching this thing. <laughs> so, so mad. Sam and Sarah go to their, the bank trip, attempt to get the loan for the boat. <sighs> And despite uh, the siblings trying to stick to the matter in hand, the, the bank uh, manager, I guess, is more caught up in how the Avengers make for a living, which is always an interesting thing. I think I, I think I've read lately that uh, Tony Stark actually did make a fund for these guys so they can right. make. Uh, they don't they don't really address that here, even though the bank manager says, "Oh, what uh, uh, did uh, Stark leave?" So well, may he rest in peace. He he adds to that right real fast. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he he reveals, and this is just an excuse that the blip put the economy in dire straits because every. Everyone wants a loan after that. Right. Still, he rejects her application, prompting an argument between Sam and Sarah. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, why wouldn't you want to be the bank where the where the Avenger banks? Oh, hell yes. How dumb are you? I, I don't care. You're, I mean, you racist piece of you know what. Right. Uh, Sarah's seen it before. She just rolled her eyes. I mean, you could tell this is brutal for her. Yes. But really, that guy, how dumb are you not to be the uh, bank where the Avengers go? That is so... Uh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. he's already taking pictures. He could totally post it. Be like, bank, where Falcon comes. And, although at the same time, I'm like, why doesn't he just go to Pepper at this point? Be like, Pepper, <coughs> we need a loan. Yeah. Yeah, really. I know. Anyway, they, and they, they storm out of there. Sarah was right. She was right. Yep. 
They talk about their late father. She accuses him of uh, Sam of coming back just to right his wrongs, relieving his family behind. He didn't have much choice, but still, he's trying to make everything right. And he's insistent on not selling the family's legacy. The boat's named after his parents. He failed to fix up the boat. He looks over the pictures from the past and those left behind and vice versa. He can't fix anything, including the boat. Right. I have to say, I was, yeah, actually. Not electronics. Yeah. (laughs) If he can fix the bird that's on his backpack, you think he can fix this. But I was a little upset with his sister with that whole, like, you left and now you're trying to write wrongs. Yeah. He freaking turned to dust. Okay. It's not like he's like, I'm going to go and go on a sabbatical for a while. No. Yeah. I don't think that's really what, what she was referring to. I think it was going further back in his life where maybe the parents had just died and he went into the service into the air force basically if that's what she's talking about i can yeah, understand i think that's upset, that's like, where she's coming from is that yeah when when she was she got left all by herself to try to keep the family business going and apparently her husband had passed as well and so yeah. it's <laughs> yeah she felt abandoned by him that's there's no doubt about that she's managed to hang it all together for so long that yeah she's not really feeling his need to make things right yeah plus she had those five years where she's been through all this she's already yeah. been through all this yeah you know and here's Sam's just re- Sam's just rewinding the tape I can get that but still like I immediately thought it was the whole you left us and flipped out right mm-hmm. yeah that's no. why I'm like oh I can that's horrible <laughs> get over yourself right <laughs> yeah he didn't choose to turn to sand but and then Sam gets a call from Torres. It's like, oh, here, get to a secured line. It, does he just have one, like, installed in the house? What's going on? So, <laughs> But he gets to see the experience of what happened in Switzerland. And, yeah, interesting because if that guy was able to, like, have that much power behind his kick and he, like, stomped Torres' face, how is it not more busted up? Right. Like, I know. I felt it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They did real well in that scene because I think everybody went, ooh, when <laughs> that happened because you could feel the pain. Oddly enough, it's the good guys that are killing people in this episode. And it's the bad guy who's actually spared Torres uh, just right. kicking his head. <laughs> That's weird. Well, maybe he thought he did more damage. So he, he left and didn't care. Like, oh, he's done for. But here's the part that got so many of us super pissed. <laughs> Because the news comes on in a press conference that with a declaration that a hero is needed to defend this country and embody America's greatest values. And as soon as they said that, I'm like, no, they didn't. Yeah. And I swear, like, I looked over since it was my husband and I and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. He's like, did that? You think? Because we tried to keep spoilers to a minimum before we watched this. Yeah, they played Sam. They burned him. Yep. Oh, I was ticked because then they're like, and now here's a new. Well, did they officially say new Captain America? No, they didn't say Captain America. I think he get he's going to be. Well, maybe he'll be. They'll try Captain America. In the comics, it becomes U.S. agent. Yeah, I was reading how there was like several different yeah. names that he used. Like he was Captain America, but then failed fit the mantle. So yeah. he changed it to like, yeah, U.S. agent. And apparently the costume looks just like U.S. agent. So everyone thinks it'll just go that route. Yeah. No, they called him the new Captain America. America. Did they officially? Okay. Mm. That's probably why I was really pissed. Yeah. 
But when he came out and literally he did nothing but like wink and smile. Yeah. And at first I thought it was, I think that his name is Jack Gleason, which was the kid from that played Joffrey in Game of Thrones. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I can't say what I said, actually. I well, I said goober. I literally said goober. Yeah. Well, yeah. That would have been a nice thing to say. But yeah, that's yeah. not what I said. <laughs> but just watching this, like people clapping and Sam looking just so betrayed because <laughs> yeah, holding betrayed. that shield. And I'm like, you son of a. And ah. Uh, don't make us regret everything. But I think at this point, yes, they're putting us on the road that we're going to see Bucky and Sam regret the decisions of the past. And how are they going to like reconcile everything? But apparently, you know, these flag smashers are brandishing like all this crazy tech that we don't know about and like doing stuff in secret, not quite to the level of shield. Or not shield. Well, yeah, technically. Hydra. <laughs> like, well, technically, it depends on what you're talking about. But at least we don't think they have Hydra level stuff yet. Right. So I don't know. Because I keep looking back thinking, okay, what if A, B, and C are connected to this? You know, looking at the movies, looking at TV, going back, trying to figure out where everything fits in. And I so wanted a WandaVision type of commercial in here so I can figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> Throw one of these bad boys in to maybe give me a hint. Right. But looking ahead, I just feel like, I don't know, this guy could be the most likable person. He could like spit glitter and like <laughs> sweat puppies and I am gonna hate this man. Yeah. Do we I don't even know if there isn't an Avengers anymore. No. I guess so. I I don't think so either. There's no Steve Rogers. Thor's off somewhere, yeah. I guess. Uh, Sam's Stark. working for the Air Force. Thor's roadie. Yep. Tony Stark's gone. So there is no Avengers, right? Absolutely. Hmm, that's weird. Well, I don't know. We would have found out something from Black Widow, but that got pushed back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a prequel type of show. Anyway, yes. she's dead. She's yeah, dead. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were supposed to kind of bring stuff. And I think somehow we're going to lead into the Young Avengers. Yeah. Because we got from Hawkeye, we're getting pieces of Kate Bishop. So right. maybe, yeah, maybe the regular Avengers have kind of all stepped back. Retired. If they until they had. bring X-Men in and then we can get AVX and we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. There's something out there that they're trying to bring mutants officially into right. MCU. Yeah. Right. <sighs> okay, so I'm done being crazy with this episode mm. for at least 30 seconds. So take it away, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to have your thoughts on this episode. You can reach us at fan www.fangirlzone.com. Our email is contact us at fangirlzone.com. All right. Please rate and view us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other podcasts out there. Marvelous podcast, that is. <laughs> Tell your friends, and I hope you are enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. Like Steve said, you can find us at www.fangirlzone.com. And we are on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all over podcast catchers, iTunes. And on occasion, you'll find us on Tumblr. So for this episode of 
Marvelous Post Blip Podcast. I'm Steve. You're going to do the notebook thing. I'm Sean Chandrell S. And I'm Avenger Dave. And you have to say that with a deep voice. Sorry for uh, a little of the subpar performance from me. Uh, a little too much beer, a little too much pizza today. In fact, if you'll excuse me, I have to go, you know, moon stuff. <laughs> There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.